Blog Talk Radio. How's it going, guys? Um, it is Lucas here. I'm joined by MK, Jordan, and Kelly. And today, on today's podcast, we will be discussing our trip to Philadelphia last week with our professors and kind of our experience and our presentation and the whole nine yards. So, um, I'm, like I said, I'm here with Jordan, MK, and Kelly. And we went to Philadelphia last week for a mid-Atlantic popular culture conference. And, it, I mean, it had everything from – sports to ghosts to everything in between and I would just like to start by kind of asking the people I'm with what was your out of the whole experience what was your favorite part of the weekend you want me to go first? okay um I guess presenting probably was my favorite part we kind of started off the weekend on a good note um the first day um and then other than that I liked going to the other presentations I pretty much only went to things that I was interested in and I thought it was interesting to just kind of listen to other people, what they do, where they teach, um, what they're interested in, and what kind of they're passionate about. What about you, MK? My favorite part was really the breadth of topics that were covered. I went to some sessions on tourism. I went to sessions on Shakespeare and um, art. There were just a really wide range of topics, and it was interesting to kind of get out of my comfort zone and listen to people speak about things they're passionate about. Well, like Jordan, I really liked that we were able to present the first day, so kind of the rest of the weekend was on a good note, because I thought we all did really well, and then kind of being able to see what other people were doing with their presentations, and with that in mind, I thought it was kind of interesting to connect with all these other types of people from all around the world who are talking about things that they're passionate about and that they've spent a lot of time working on, like we spent an entire semester covering our blog for class. Now, talking about... Um, the presentations and the ones you went to, what do you think, we'll go around this way this time, what do you think of all the presentations you went to, what was the most interesting one you saw, and like the thought, most thought-provoking one you went to? The, probably the most thought-provoking one that I went to would be the one on Shakespeare, because I'm very interested in Shakespeare, so being able to hear Shakespeare talked about in a modern way, they kind of tied it in with like MTV, and they used the modern version with Leonardo DiCaprio. So I thought it was kind of interesting to take that perspective. And then they also talked about satire within that and, like, death and all those, like, how all those played a part. And I thought that one was really interesting. I went to a presentation where an artist talked about um, death and the maiden figure in a lot of medieval art. And I thought it was interesting just talking about the contrast between, like, innocence and this figure of death and how over time it became more humanized. Um, and I, on Saturday, the last day that we were there, I went to a presentation, and it was on fashion, um, lifestyle journalism, and um, integrated marketing communications, which was really interesting because essentially, like, lifestyle journalism is the type of journalist that I would like to be <clears throat> in the future, and it was, like, good kind of note to end on for the weekend. Did you go to any presentations that you knew going into it, maybe were out of your realm of things you liked or out of your comfort zone? We'll start with you, Jordan. Um, I pretty much only went to things that I was interested in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there was one I went to that was out of my comfort zone, but there were a couple that I went to that were not presented the way I would have expected. So a few times I walked in and it was just people reading right off of a paper. It wasn't really engaging. And I think that was the unexpected part, that people wouldn't, present with some kind of visual aid or some kind of energy other than just reading off a paper. 
Going off of that, I did find it surprising that some people chose to take just kind of like the reading off of the paper format because we did not do it that way. We kind of just like spoke from the top of our head and off of a presentation, kind of gave some visuals, made it more interesting. But on another note, something that I had went to that I thought was like probably not something I would have gone to initially was one where they talked about fan tourism, which kind of describes like how movies or like television shows affected areas where they were based on. Like people would start businesses based off of this show and they would drag – uh, like bring in a lot of tourists to these areas like in Scotland in particular they kind of talked about how Braveheart, Harry Potter and Outlander all had brought a bunch of people to Scotland and kind of like how that affected their area so I thought that one was really interesting but maybe not something I would have gone to otherwise. Right. Um, and now kind of segueing into our presentation before we get to us what did you guys think of the guy that presented before us? He presented, presented about citizen journalism and kind of the smartphone and technology taking over this digital age where almost anybody can cover any story now. Everybody, I mean, before a journalist gets somewhere, there's probably an iPhone video of it happening. That's kind of what he was talking about. What did you think of his presentation? We'll go this way, Kelly. Um, I thought it was interesting because I hadn't really thought about it that much because we see it a lot more often than we may realize. Like, every time something happens, you'll see, like, all these people, like, posting on Twitter or Facebook. People will be starting all these hashtags. So it's kind of interesting to see it being analyzed and how it's affecting journalism and like especially as journalism students ourselves, it was kind of interesting to see. I think that Mike Rizzo, who presented before us, had a really good point that citizen journalism provides an immediacy for news, but not an accuracy all the time. So it's constantly getting news out to people through social media and other sites, but it's not necessarily accurate. So people make judgments about what they're seeing before they have all the facts, which is why it's important for journalism students, journalists, and even citizen journalists to hone their skills to make sure they're providing an accurate story for people, not just the most recent story. Um, yeah, I agree a lot with what um, MK and Kelly had to say. I also found it interesting that he used to work at ABC News, so obviously he has a ton of experience in the field, um, and yes. Now, now, to go to our presentation, we presented about a class that we all participated in where we covered a baseball team and kind of got used to covering a beat through spring training, and Christian asked a great question on our Moodle forum. He said, was it challenging to talk about something you covered almost a year ago? For me, I know that it wasn't challenging because baseball is such a big part of my life and sports are a part of my life, and the idea of what well, the skills that we learned in the class we're still using today. So it wasn't hard for me to kind of reflect back on that, but it was definitely a little challenging when someone would ask, oh, how did you conquer this problem, specifically in the course when I'm so far removed from it? Because it's a lot more challenging. But I Yeah, so actually at first I was very advanced project because I knew nothing about baseball or anything involved with it, um, and having a team that I never really heard of either. So I had to do a lot of prior research. Um, but I kind of liked not going into it not really knowing anything because that way I could really just fully, like, immerse myself in the project, start from the beginning, learn everything I needed to know, and then kind of develop my own voice in a way that I could be a sports writer. 
They say that hindsight is twenty twenty, and I would agree with that. I think it was a lot easier to reflect on this project now than it was at the time when I was working on this project. Um, I can see a lot of how my skills developed looking back, whereas while I was writing and working actively in the project, I didn't notice any of that. I mean, my experience was a little bit different. I found that when I was trying to recall what I had done last semester, I had a difficult time thinking about, like, specific assignments in particular that I had done. But, like, at the time, I found that I got very immersed into my team, and I was constantly looking up things about them and what they were doing. So kind of have to, like, refresh myself with, like, everything that I had focused on last semester was a bit of a challenge. But I thought it was kind of refreshing, though, to go back and, like, think about everything we had done and kind of, like, tell other people about that. And the next question is, was it difficult to cover a sport that you may not know much about? And in addition, how long did it take to get educated on that material? I can't really speak to this because, I, like I just said, I know a lot about baseball, still do. So it was kind of a different animal for me to tackle. But um, going to you guys, was it difficult for you to cover a sport you didn't know about? I knew a decent amount about baseball before this had like before we had gotten this assignment however I hadn't really like been invested in baseball in quite some time so it was a little challenging to kind of like get back into that and remember what some things that I might not have like recently remembered but I mean it was a it was a challenging process to kind of like focus on how to actually write though because it was things that I had known about and I had followed when I was younger but to kind of like actually write about that was something I never done before so that took a little bit of like a learning curve to get used to it but I found it to be a very interesting experience I personally knew nothing about baseball I did not have an interest in baseball before we started this project and I think that's a lot of what we spoke about in this presentation is that sometimes you're going to be given a story to cover that you don't know anything about and you have to become an expert on it. And really that opportunity to do this through a blog and to cover a beat is kind of that real-world real world experience that um, St. Bonaventure provides. Um, so, yeah, as I said before, I really didn't know anything about baseball. So... Um, I think going into that, it didn't really take me too long to get educated on the material I was covering just because I did a lot of research. I followed, like, all of the, um, the team, the members on Twitter. I followed a lot of blogs through my team. Um, and I think that really just helped me know more about the sport and how other people were writing about it and how I could kind of do the same and come up with my own ideas. Now, Sean Lynch asked a great question. He said, what did you get to talk about with Brian Tulin? And while I was in Philadelphia, I got to meet up with a Bonaventure grad named Brian Tulin. He uh, used to be the business editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer. He is now retired, but he's worked everywhere you can imagine, basically on the East Coast. And he wrote a book three years ago, about two years ago, about Bonaventure and their basketball season and their trials and tribulations through remaining Division One or to go to Division Two. And it's basically, basically, I got to meet with him because I'm right working on a story that's almost a sequel to his book and it's going to talk about in 2014 they decided to remain division one and ever since that decision it was they were on the fence about it. ever since that decision uh enrollment has been up and our basketball team is getting better and better and essentially none of that would have happened if we go to division two and you almost you basically can't recover from that so i got an awesome chance to talk with brian we talked for about three hours too and he's a great person he has a lot of insight and so it was a really good chance to talk with him and He's a very good Bonner grad, and he looks out for everybody that is a Bonner's grad, which is what every other Bonaventure alumni does. So 
it was a really great chance to kind of pick his brain and get some information for this story. Um, Nicolette asks, what is one thing you learned from this conference and anything you can take away from it? I'm going to start that one with saying I went to two very good conferences, two very good presentations back-to-back. One was about Jackie Robinson and kind of gave a lot of insight that people might not know about his history. And then another one right after it was about diversity in the play-by-play booth for baseball games and how it's a lot of middle-aged white males that are doing all the play-by-play for most MLB teams. And I thought those two presentations were very good back-to-back. They kind of related to each other in a way that some presentations didn't. And I thought both presenters were able to stand up on in front of everybody and answer questions almost together instead of, oh, this is my project and this is yours, because both presentations gelled together so well. So I'm going to ask you guys, you guys that, what is one thing you learned from the conference? As I said earlier, I went to this one um, presentation on Saturday about fashion lifestyle, um, IMC. And it was interesting because a few of the other presentations I've been to before were kind of the topics kind of went together, but they, like, also didn't really at the same time because there was at least four presenters or sometimes less than that in each um, presentation. So this one, I feel that they really just all kind of connected seamlessly together, and at the end we were kind of all talking as a group. Um, so I just felt like I learned a lot of how just, like, fashion lifestyle journalism can integrate with um, integrated marketing communication as a whole. I think one thing I could take away from it is not to limit ourselves. I mean, there were such a wide variety of topics that people were researching, even within the same discipline. There were things that I had never even considered being a part of a communications program or a degree, but it's really just finding what you're most interested in and passionate about and kind of taking it and running with it. Going off of what MK said, kind of what I took away from it too was what she had been speaking about was how I admired how passionate everyone who was speaking was. Like, they loved what they were talking about. They had spent to- so much time and dedication into researching what they were talking about. And it was, it was nice to see that there were people who were also interested and wanted to hear what they had to say. I just really liked the atmosphere that we were in, and I liked that you were able to, like, speak your mind, what you wanted to talk about, and kind of like to show that, like, you can take anything you're interested in and focus on it, and then, pe- like, people will care about what you have to say. Uh, Steph asked how many presentations were there to choose from, and I mean, you guys would agree with me. I think it was almost an unlimited number with an unlimited number of categories you could go to. I mean, you're looking at things, like I said, you're looking at some presentations that are talking about ghosts and haunted houses, and then you got other ones that are talking about Jackie Robinson. Then you go from that to Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda. So I think it was just the variety of interest. I mean, there was it was for everybody, essentially. You couldn't go there and not be able to find something you weren't interested in. And I think the cool part about it was going to things you weren't maybe that interested in and seeing other people's, as Kelly was saying, seeing other people's passion for it. And not just the presenters, but the people asking questions also. You can see that they are most likely passionate in this subject. So I thought that was a very cool aspect of the conference. Now, Natalie asked, how was the networking aspect of the conference? I thought it was very well, very great because, I mean, you're essentially – at a, just a, at a hotel with a bunch of different educators, a bunch of different people who are all seeking more information, all seeking that just interest. They're all look, out there looking for new information and want to know why you like what you like and why you like what you like. And it's a great way for people to gel and get to know people. Um, this is for Jordan. It says, Kath, Katie asked, what was the most interesting fashion lifestyle talk that you attended? What concepts did the speakers focus on? Um, 
So there was actually only one fashion lifestyle um, uh, presentation. So that was the one that I immediately was most interested in. So I just went to that one on my own. Um, so the concepts, there were four presenters. So they all kind of, they all related to fashion in some way. Whether it was talking about like Renaissance fashion, I think one of them was presenting. The one that kind of um, resonated the most with me, he was talking about uh, lifestyle journalism and IMC. And he was relating that back to brands. He related it to, I think, an Abercrombie Fitch advertisement. So I just kind of like how he talked. And then after I asked him the question, you know, what type of jobs would you see for a lifestyle journalist? And he was telling me, obviously, a magazine job. So it was kind of nice to talk to someone who was interested in the same things that I was. Um, Michael asked, if you could present again, is there anything you would change? Did any of the presentations give you ideas for a better presentation? I'm going to start that moment saying, I don't think I would necessarily change anything as more as I saw a different way to kind of tackle our presentation as I was seeing others present for the weekend. Um, like I said, there was a very different ways to present. If I wanted to, we could have just sat up there and read from a paper I wrote. Instead, we kind of went with the PowerPoint, the, the visual learning. And I thought ours was well done because a lot of people didn't do that and it made it difficult to kind of tackle their thoughts with my, in, in my head. You know what I mean? I kind of got to see what they're thinking from their piece of paper. So that kind of was difficult in some presentations. So I thought we did a very good job. And the Mike Rizzo, who pre presented before us, did the same thing. So our presentations went together in that way. So, Kelly, is there anything you would change if you did it again? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have changed anything because I thought we did a good job of engaging the people who were there watching our presentation because we had, like, a question and answer kind of thing with all of us. So I thought that was a kind of a good way to, like, tell those people who were watching the presentation kind of, like, our experiences without, like, us directly just, like, going up there and, like, reading off of slides. So I thought that was a really efficient way to kind of gauge people's interests and, like, make sure that, like, we weren't boring anyone because, like Lucas said, some people literally read straight off of the paper and I, like, would get, like, go in and out of, like, boredom. So, like, I thought that that was a good way to kind of keep people interested. I wouldn't have changed anything either. And I think, like both Lucas and Kelly said, engaging the people who were there to watch us present was kind of the most important thing that we could do. Yeah, so as what everyone else said, I agree. I don't think we could change anything else. And I think something that was, like, noteworthy to take away from it when we did have people ask us questions, I think everyone that watched our presentation had a question for us. So that's definitely something to take note of, that everyone was listening and they had a question to ask us and they wanted to interact with us. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorite parts about the conference as a whole is every session had a question and answers at the end. And that was a great opportunity to where if the person did say some things you were confused about, you could ask them for it. You could pick their brain a little bit. I know I went to one presentation with, with Rich, and the guy was talking about Donald Trump and relating it to the New York Mets and all this stuff. And he said at the beginning, he said, this is kind of a working presentation. I would, I'll take all the advice you can have from me. And so I thought that was pretty cool and very interesting that he was asking for more advice, saying he's, this is just something that's almost in the works. So last question we have here is by Nick. And he asked, in the film tourism conference, did they explain anything about the town prior to the movie being filmed there? And then what about afterwards? And did vandalism ensue because of the increased tourism? So I kind of dragged Kelly and Jordan to this little tourism panel, and specifically talking about uh, Scotland. So that was the Harry Potter tours, Outlander, mm -hmm. and Braveheart. Um, they call it the Braveheart effect. After Braveheart came out, 
Scotland had this amazing, like, 200% increase in tourism, and it is a blessing and a curse for the people there because when tourists go to Scotland, they want the quote-unquote authentic experience, which means people in kilts and taking them around the scenic countryside, but there are people who live there who lead very different lifestyles who are kind of upset by this tourist idea that it's still like the 1800s in Scotland. Um, but also tourism really is a blessing. So there was also part of the panel was about fried green tomatoes, the movie, and the Whistle Stop Cafe, which is part of the movie, is actually a working cafe. And tourism is the only industry other than agriculture in that entire area of Georgia. So it's, it's a blessing that occurs. Well, that looks like it's all the questions we have. I would like to thank Jordan, MK, and Kelly, and then also my classmates for asking the questions. I am Lucas, and thank you guys for listening.